0: Be stowed away, shivering there while the boxes sway. Who might jump before the light of day? You can't tell. There's a night train rolling by night train. by night train.
1: Howdy
2: everybody, Cable Smith. Welcoming each and every one of you into episode 110 of Justified Pursuit. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Riding Shotgun, as always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. Good to see you today.
1: 110. That's a nice round number. Yep. Hopefully, as this drops, uh, I'm putting a bow on a week in the Mule Deer Woods, um, but that still remains to be seen as we're recording early, and I don't Mm -hmm. know if we're going to go per conversation on 109. Uh, If not, maybe we'll have something fresh to clip on to the end of it well um, no we won't because I will definitely be in
2: Mexico hunting mule deer. Oh
1: well then perfect. So, we need to do this anyway. Yeah. Good to go.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean well, you um, were making it all about you in Arizona. Meanwhile, I'm going on a badass trophy hunt in Mexico. So put yeah. that in your pipe and smoke it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Where are you going? going we're going with a real I'm Mexican. Sonora, my friend Arturo. I don't know if I would travel to Mexico to go hunting without like going with yeah, no, you, you someone need, that's like, been there. So, yeah, Arturo yeah, is yeah. my buddy. He's been to Africa with me twice. His family's from Mexico. We're flying into flying to Phoenix and then to Hermosillo and uh, driving into Sonora and to the land of the giants. You'll what kind there. of
1: lodge is it? Pretty small accommodations. Are...
2: I'm sure nice. He's not the Some type of the ones to I've be seen staying, staying there in. There
1: a... Yeah. You're not going to be staying was. in like a cinder block hut. Mm, no, no, no. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty sweet. There's I'm that. also looking forward to the food. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Sonora is a, a hunt I'd like to do one day. That's some pretty neat hardcore wilderness out there. Yeah. Uh, Remember that place that, that Stubblefield went uh, for that ram hunt that he shared with us? I can't remember uh-huh. the name of it, but that place was Swank. Was it an island? No, it was is down it... there in Sonora.
2: Okay, there's an island very close to wherever we're going I gosh, I can't remember the name of it but uh this island has very unique desert bighorn sheep on it and mule deer on the like island in a
1: lake or out in the Pacific I, I thought Sonora was like right in the middle of the like right in the middle of Mexico I've... I don't know I haven't looked
2: at a map I'm just <laughs> telling you oh no no you have to take a you have to take a plane there so it's it's sure. it's towards the coast yeah okay, okay. so it's an island and the mule deer get these really non-typical racks and you can pay. It's like a subspecies of the desert bighorn and you can pay like $150,000 to shoot a desert bighorn on this island, which Arturo guided a guy on his last trip there on that island. And he sent me pictures. Dude. I mean, it's I'll send you a picture of his cousin with a mule deer from there. I want to meet Pretty Arturo.
1: Kids. Need to get him down to Ensignal,
2: Yeah. Arturo is a good dude. No doubt about that. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm gonna be doing. And hopefully, hopefully we both come back with
1: big mule deer and great stories to tell. I'm sure you will. I just well, want to see one. I've only really seen like a few mule deer mule deer. I think we've seen, I guess, a few on our New Mexico hunts. Uh never seen a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanna well, have a class? Oh, that's man. I just got so I'm borrowing my dad's big 15 power. 15s or 18s? I think they're 15s. It's 15 power swallows, So I got mm-hmm. the little uh tripod adapter for them. Got them mounted on a tripod in my office right now. Like I'm all ready to go. Sit there and glass. Hope I get to go. <sighs> Hope I yeah. get to go. But, well, there's gonna be lots of glassing
2: described. for both of us either way. That's yeah. Just
1: well, that's that game. is basically mule deer hunting. Blast than stock, right? Yep.
2: Um, okay, so. Last week we talked about cobalt briefly, and said so we were going to get into that today. So let's not waste any time, okay. and let's just uh, all right get right into it. But I, so, I'll just preface it by saying it's the most ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous component of this whole uh, environmental movement. This the, the climate change movement is the idea that we could all just drive electric cars. And that somehow fossil fuels just go away right it's like anyone with a brain realizes well you it's, still have to use fossil fuel to uh, to excavate to dig for to mine the the components you need for these lithium well, batteries dude, and everything
1: uh, it's ridiculous the batteries themselves are the fuel right there's still mm. a lot of mining to not just like get the stuff to make the car to get the stuff that makes it go like it it's astounding to me how ignorant people can be to these supply chains and what it takes to make the world go around. Energy requires extraction. Period. Mm-hmm. Right? Thomas Sowell... Extraction requires energy. Do you, do you know who Thomas Sowell is? Yeah. Yes, dude.
2: We've, come on. We've talked about Thomas Sowell okay. many times on here.
1: Yeah, Thomas Sowell is one of the... He's the greatest living economist on the whole damn planet. Uh, a black man of the highest intellect united states marine in korea studied under um the other guy whose name i always milton friedman was a socialist at a, as a 20 year old and is now like the most staunch most staunch defender of small government capitalism that there is um, no, always trying to cancel this guy yeah and they can't because he's too freaking brilliant it's like right? and yeah like you know when, when you have well whatever. He's not like Ben Shapiro, though, except, you know, and particularly because this is a black man. Right. right? This is a black man who lived in an era where racism is just too smart. To like, and he, atta- he attacks those, those issues, right? Like he goes after the lies of, of BLM and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he has this famous quote. I think it's essentially there's no such thing as solutions, only trade offs, right? Batteries are not a solution to our energy problem. They're trade off. You're going to trade emissions at the point of, you know, the, at the automobile for everything it took to get that automobile, that battery into that automobile, right? And to your point, all of the emissions generated in that process, right? As we're about to learn, you're going to trade like good paying American mining jobs in the American oil field, in the shale, you know, the shale fields where men have. You know safe, safety standards to protect them, and PPE and steel toe boots and hard hats and emissions monitoring. and we're paying good wages, fantastic wages, for American workers to do this st- jobs. Instead of doing that, you're going to mine cobalt with 15,000 Congolese. This dude I'm about to play. His name is Siddith, I'm sorry, Siddharth. Kara, Kara, mm-hmm. uh, he's this Indian American guy who went on Joe Rogan about two weeks ago, probably episode 1914. And it's really interesting that Joe had this guy on, right? Because we've detailed Joe's fondness and friendship with Elon, right? Yeah. Elon is the biggest purveyor of this mess we're about to get into with this battery, not just the battery. You know, the, the fact that all of his cars are running off those batteries, but the fact that he's building battery manufacturing plants, right? I think we've touched on
2: this. I want to go back to two episodes ago and, and just the picture. It was such a great image of Elon's space arc mm. and the uh how you could actually see all the people there wanting to get on the arc with the animals. Which is not, it's not an arc, it's a spaceship. And then there's arm. but it does like, say arc on it, like it's intended to be there, like yeah. <laughs> Making sure that people just get left behind when it's we leave planet poignant, Earth. Pretty poignant, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If y'all haven't seen that or listened to that episode, go back and check that out.
1: Yeah, make sure to put if you didn't on the last one, put that screen that art somehow on, like, on this this episode. How many, uh, how many lithium batteries would it take to power the space arc? Uh, dude? Probably so many that it wouldn't get off the ground. Yeah. Right. So it would probably run on fuel. They're definitely running on fuel right now as we speak. In fact, the hypocrites. in fact, Elon's whole thing is I'm going to save us from climate change. Meanwhile, every one of those rocket launches that he does on like a daily basis throws more emissions into the atmosphere of the world than like a refinery does in a year or two. Oh, and by the way, they're completely unmitigated. They're the most taught the fuel that they're using. It's a special blend you know for rocket fuel it's some of the most taught dude i know a guy who was engineering that stuff he's and i have talked about it the whole thing is a fallacy it's all just okay another thing to know about elon the guy is south african he's the descendant on his mother's side of a silver mining clan silver mining family right so obviously probably english heritage some you know northern european heritage Mom, someone who's
2: been to Africa multiple times, South Africa five times, and I've mentioned it before. This this is perfect because colonialism still alive and well in Africa,
1: <laughs> by the way. Yeah, yeah, and we're about to <laughs> and, get into. And we're
2: such a racist country, but I've seen it firsthand.
1: Yeah, yeah, and bad, and this dude. and this cobalt mining. You
2: want to know, know where they use the n word a lot? <laughs> Listen to the white people in Africa
1: talk about the black people there. Dude,
2: this cobalt this is real mining. Racism
1: is modern day colonialism 100 -hmm. it is part of a long history of extractive mining using essentially slave labor in africa to fuel the world this dude i'm about to play i won't play this particular clip but he explained how the congo all 74 percent of the earth's okay there's so many places to go with this i've talked about lithium mines on this podcast And how if you want to know what the impact of your Tesla is, Google image a lithium mine. And what you'll see is a pit the size of a small town in like Argentina or Afghanistan, right? Well, cobalt has to be blended in with the lithium to increase the charging capacity and the longevity. This guy explains all this and the longevity Mm -hmm. of a lithium battery, right? So the majority of the material is lithium and they blend in a certain amount of cobalt that helps it take a full charge for a longer period of time. Cobalt, seventy-four percent of it comes from the Congo, and anybody knows about the Congo knows it's one of the poorest and most just bloody, like violent places in the world. I want to go, and it Bongo. always has been. Want to hunt Bongo in the, in the Congo.
2: Congo? Yeah, I want to do that. It's cool looking but, but I don't have fifty thousand dollars to do it. <sighs> uh,
1: I don't want to go anywhere near the Congo. Um, you gotta live a little, man. Got to get out there. There's just lots of cool ways to risk your neck right here uh, in the States without mm-hmm. having to get into like conflict mineral warfare. I guess you could just take a walk in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, 74% um, of the world's cobalt comes from the Congo. Comes from the Congo. Back at the turn of the century, the turn of the 20th century, when the first automobiles were being made and the first rubber tires were created, all basically of the rubber manufacturing so that the, the king of of uh belgium king leopold personally bought up like the biggest uh rubber tree forests on the planet and then used slave labor to extract rubber to make tires and everything else that rubber has been ever been made into right so like there's a history going back 200 years now of for it's really strange too. like Why is the Congo so rich in all of these world-changing natural uh, resources, right? Mm -hmm. That's a whole other conversation. Who knows? But it's... Well, it's not irrelevant though because it's like, how can a patch of ground so rich with such precious resources be so tragically devastatingly impoverished? Right? Like, Congo's got to be on the top 10 most poorest places on the planet right well it's been exploited by Europeans for right. forever. colonialism to your point but but we're so racist in the states <laughs> right super racist here um said somebody on their cell phone which is powered by cobalt uh impregnated batteries uh, while they were at a stoplight uh, in their Tesla mm-hmm. um, yeah all right so this is Siddharth Kara I'm gonna play like Probably about two minutes of this. So let's just be patient because it's really gonna set the table well. But he's showing Joe. If you've ever watched Joe Rogan's show, he's got, you know, his 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 producer Jeremy pulls stuff up while they're talking and he puts it on this big video screen. And so, like when you're watching the you the the well, I guess it's not on YouTube anymore, right? But the the Spotify feed of it, like when they pull something up, they're gonna turn and watch, then there's a little cutout in the corner. So unfortunately, I won't be able to see the sea of humanity in this mineral mine, this uh, cobalt mine, but Siddharth will walk us through it. So here we go.
0: This is an industrial cobalt mine where there's not supposed to be one artisanal miner. Now that's the term used for people who are just digging by hand as opposed to tractors and excavators. There's not supposed to be one here. That's what the story is told at the top of the chain. This mine, and I can name it, it's called Shabara. There's not supposed to be one artisanal miner here, according to the consumer-facing tech companies and EV companies buying this cobalt. Lo and behold, I walk into this place and this is what I see. There's more than 15,000 human beings crammed into that pit, digging by hand. And if you have sound, you hear the mallets, you hear the shouting, you hear the the grunts. It's a massive humanity. You might expect to see a scene like this.
2: It's a lot of people doing a lot of digging.
0: There's a term that gets used, clean cobalt. There's no clean cobalt. It's not real. No, no,
2: none.
0: no. It's all marketing. It's all PR. It's a fiction. Just like that place. There's not supposed to be any artisanal mining there. It's all done industrially. That's the, that's the story told at the top of the chain. And people assume, people, I mean, the, the marketing teams at big tech and EV companies assume, well, who's going to go down there? and actually walk into the place and grab a video that shows, no, it's actually all raw human force.
1: He's pointing two thumbs back at himself. That is clanking
0: that cobalt out of the ground. So there's no clean cobalt. There's not a single company on planet earth that makes a device that has a rechargeable battery in it that can reliably and justifiably claim that their cobalt isn't coming from sources like that. Uh, And that's the truth that needs to get out there. That's the truth. People need to understand um, uh, because this is a story that goes back generations. There's these fictions told at the top of the chain about what conditions are like at the bottom and truth seekers have to go find that truth and enlighten civilization so that people, people get a- agitated about it and want to do something about it. So there's.
1: And I would say seeking that truth is a justified pursuit. Good job, Mr. Kara. Yeah. So
2: this, this thought came to my mind while I was listening to that, uh, these people, vegans, vegetarians that decry eating meat and who say they don't want to wear or support any product that has animal uh, parts in it, you know, like they don't want to wear, uh, won't have a leather handbag. Okay. Whatever. Won't wear leather shoes. Yeah, they'll drive a Tesla that's built on the sweat and blood of an enslaved group of people. Like, yeah. If they knew, or would they change their mind, or is this society so lost that they value... Because we know with animal rights activists, just from my daily job, a lot of times they value animal life over human life. Like, if you see a... For me, all the time. Me, for example. I shot uh, this black bear that's behind me. shot it in Canada. Many animal rights activists on there. Oh, I wish it would have ripped your throat out instead of you killing it. Right. Like that's their mindset. So valuing animal life over human life, which even when I disagree with people, never once would I be like, I wish you would just die. You know, I wish that thing killed you. But that's how mentally ill these people are and their warped state of mind.
1: It's and definitely yeah, a mental illness, dude. It's so mental yeah, illness, yeah. like mixed with a little bit of religion. Um, Would they
2: change their mind if they knew what was really happening? Would they still drive a Tesla?
1: It's a great question, man. I mean, you know, uh, my guess is uh, no. I I don't know that they would because it's the same double think cognitive dissonance at play with the fact that like, oh, I'm not going to take another shot, but I still think it helped me survive the pandemic. Right. Like Mm -hmm. these people are entirely capable of being hit in the face with the tragic reality of uh, of, of what's happening in this world and just ignoring. It. Um, he makes a point later in the episode, and I would highly recommend it to anybody that's got Spotify. Uh, it's one of the shortest. I don't know why it's so short. I, my guess is you should see the look on Rogan's face while this conversation is being had. It looks like he's being tortured. I was starting off by saying, you know, he's, he's buddies with Elon, right? Yeah. He owns a Tesla. Uh, plaid version or whatever, right? And you know, and he's talking whatever about the hell that is the, the the Neuralink stuff. It's like the fastest freaking car there is.
0: Hmm.
1: And he's being confronted in real time with the reality, and you know, and he's a tech geek. He's got you know, he'll he'll have an iPhone and a Galaxy at the same time, the newest of both, because he likes to dick around with both, right? So he's like surrounded by the technology produce from they actually explain this isn't even a conflict mineral the conflict minerals there's like four of them in particular this is like post conflict mineral but it's kind of the same thing anyway he just looks Rogan just looks like he's being like like his nuts are in a vice as he's having to have this conversation every episode goes three hours and you can always tell when you just look at the runtime whether Joe got bored uh, whether the guest wasn't any good or Joe had something else to do when it falls below three hours, this thing was like half. It was like less than two. So it's a nice short listen. And my guess is it's because this dude dropped this horrifying truth bomb on Joe. And once that played out, he had like no, nothing else to talk with the guy about. But yeah, there's this point where he's explaining. Oh, damn it. I lost my train of thought. Well, I'll ask
2: a question. Go ahead define artisanal mining <laughs> versus... I mean, to me, that sounds like a nice place where you could get like a fancy piece of bread.
1: I mean, isn't that such a hilarious euphemism? That's what the it's mining art- industry calls versus industrial. a person with a pickaxe doing the mining versus an excavator. Oh, well, that sounds nice. Yeah. Artisanal. It sounds, so it nice. sounds like they're, a they're really nice job. There's are skilled laborers. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's he explains something like, listen, suit. there's no such thing as PPE. Dude, I... I I showed you, I don't know if you could see it, but the, the mm. cutout screen, it was a sea of humans, all that racket. Yeah. You know, this mine, he said some of those mines are the size of like European cities. They're huge and they're filled with people 15,000, 20,000 people. 7,000 of them are minor children, right? It's like Indiana Jones crap. There's people with babies strapped to their back while they're working in this mine, working on getting this cobalt out, right? And he's like, "There's no such thing as PPE. They don't have a hard hat. They don't have a pair of freaking gloves. They're wearing sandals in a hard rock mine, <laughs> right?" Getting well, yeah, yeah, back to your point about that's
2: artisanal. It's nice,
1: right? That's that's how an artisan would do it for sure, and yeah. in flip flops instead of you know looking like they. What were a double think! Where artisanal mining? Yeah, dude. I mean, it, you're, I'm glad you caught to that because as soon as he said art. And he said it and he explained it the first time I listened to it. I was like, <laughs> that's cute.
2: If someone said, this that's is an artisanal cute. pizza, I'd be like, yeah, I want to eat that. That sounds good.
1: Right. This, this is, is artis- artisanally opposite. mined cobalt. That's the kind of cobalt yeah. I want. Yeah. Somebody who's got a good job. No, they make a dollar a day, one to two dollars a day to work mm-hmm. in those mines. The mines are all owned by the Chinese. This is one of the things I don't remember if we've ever even talked about, but no agendas all over this. And it goes to the heart of Elon's. God, there's so many things. I should be keeping notes of all the thoughts. That keep dude, Quick on. note
2: on the Chinese. Uh, so
1: in South Africa, they yeah, have... Oh my memory problems. Uh,
2: dude, so a lot of the factories there, they're importing Chinese workers because they'll work cheaper than than the Africans will at this point. And mm. they're buying up everything. The
1: Chinese are. It's, well, apparently they won't work as cheap as the Congolese. That's what you call them, right? Congolese? I think Yeah, sure. from the Congo. Yeah, well, so the Chinese own all the mines. They bought up all those mines as the world was moving towards. As the American government started pushing on, on, on lithium battery technology for our automation, and, you know, like the state of California has said by 2030, they will no longer allow the sale of internal combustion engines. Mm-hmm. China was buying all that technology. Weird, huh? Buying Smart. all the buying all the minerals themselves, I should say, not the technology. Who tipped the them minerals? Off? to go, hmm. <laughs> I don't know which direction that information flows. <laughs> to your point, but we do know that, like uh, uh, Max, uh, that uh, Senator Barbara Boxer uh, had a Chinese spy uh, in her employment as her basically like chief of staff for ten years uh, as a chairperson of a of a Senate committee um she was also on the environment and public works committee by the way which would be the exact committee to handle this type of thing anyway so the chinese bought all the minerals they're now running slave mining operations elon specifically has ties to the chinese government as well as the american government manufacturing plants in china where they're taking these rare earth minerals to make these batteries so it, He can't plead ignorance to any of this. He comes from an African mining background, Mm -hmm. right? He knows all of this stuff. The Chinese are getting fabulously wealthy off the backs of the Congolese. One of the things that Siddharth points out is like getting back to your point earlier about, you know, a vegan being so judgmental while they're driving around in their Tesla and, you know, tweeting from their cell phone. That's all battered, you know, powered by Congolese slave labor. He's like, so you think you're doing something really good and green, Right. When you buy an electric vehicle, first of all, I would argue that's a complete fallacy. He's he's obviously willing to buy somewhat into the, the whole climate change agenda. So he's like, which on the net is, yeah, maybe better than than, you know, oil and gas. No. Right. But that aside, he's like, so you buy this thing as a cons- an American consumer and you think you're helping the environment. Well, why does your desire to live a green lifestyle mean basically you know, blood and heavy metals in the water in the Congo. Like, it's not good for the environment over there. They're destroying the Congolese jungle. They're clear cutting thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres of jungle to that's like the main hard rock for the endangered silverback gorilla. Who knows what? There's probably, spe- there are undoubtedly species in that jungle nobody even knows exist. Yeah. Right. It's one of but the then- most unexplored places in the world for sure. And what you have to understand about heavy metal mining, right? Cobalt is a heavy metal on the periodic table of elements. So is lithium. Wonderfully powerful technology that can be built from it. Super toxic, right? It's a naturally occurring material that is toxic. Radioactive, cancerous, I, I don't know how exactly it's toxic, but I know it's not good for you. I mean, just like lead, right? You right. Drink water for long enough out of lead pipes, you're going to end up with you know, severe mental retardation. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like Chromosomal issues. I just mean like your faculties. A leftist, (laughs) probably. That's what's wrong with them. Uh. So yeah, I mean they're they're mining this stuff. They use tremendous amounts of fresh water to do it. The water gets impregnated with these heavy metals. These people aren't wearing any PPE. They're breathing in cobalt dust and whatever other heavy metals are with the cobalt. They're saturating their hand. I mean they're just coated in the shit all day long, soaking that stuff into their bloodstream so that. You know, some it's modern
2: day slavery is what some
1: is. yuppie leftist in the Bay Area or in Southern California can pat themselves on the back for their virtue signaling of their, you know, 80 or $90,000 Tesla. It is a crock. Oh, and then the batteries are, batteries are only going to last five, six, seven years, and you'll be really lucky if they don't catch on fire in your garage. Yeah. Well, and then
2: you have to dispose of them, which going
1: back to That's the toxic right. then nature you have to throw of it away. these. Now you've got an acre worth of cobalt condensed into one battery, right? That you have to find a way to dispose of. And as I've mentioned, my company is trying to figure out what do we do with these lithium batteries?
2: Mm -hmm. So last week I said I was going to just read this clip. It's from uh, Katie Pavlik, who's a conservative commentator. And it basically just summarizes what we've been saying. But she says, it's like these people don't know how electric cars are made, that their components Have to be mined with machines fueled by oil shipped across the ocean with oil it's as if because they can't see it happening in china it doesn't exist right
1: yeah exactly they don't out of sight out of mind Mm. you know all they know about is fracking is bad because the american media makes sure to tell them about it but the american media is owned by the same giant chinese conglomerates chinese conglomerates is speaking of euphemism cc chinese conglomerate means chinese communist party (laughs) right they they don't want to tell the story about i dude i'll be honest with you i fear for this man's life like he picked a battle here like it gives me a little bit of hope that rogan is still somewhat on the up and up but i can get way down a weird we'll know if
2: if he dies suddenly
1: (laughs) right yeah It'll either be be because of the vaccines or because he was whacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, he's picking a a, so big fight. This is why I always
2: have been on the side of as a nation. We don't handicap ourselves because you know China isn't giving two shits about their emissions. They don't care, and so we're gonna no when they have the
1: Olympics. All of our Olympians go over there and wear masks. Yeah, and we're gonna pretend like. We're making a difference
2: when there's what how many billion people are in China and they're polluting the crap out of the same earth that we are sharing? And yep. yet we're going to take the moral high road and pretend like, you know, it's uh it's making some huge difference while they're polluting the crap out it is it's it's idiotic. And all you're doing is cutting your own balls off from a clout and power standpoint, nuding yourself and and in the same time you're becoming more dependent on them again when we have rednecks when we have roughnecks that will roughnecks. go to west texas yeah. Yeah. many of them are well, rednecks but yeah it's, it's symbiotic you know, those two terms
1: it's not a total overlap eh, the close. roughneck the, the the roughneck field is populated with people of all colors of all places you know from all backgrounds but yeah one thing anyway. they have in common is they're willing to get grease under their fingernails that's for sure yeah, and they're willing to work hard. And guess what? They're
2: they're putting Americans first when we allow us to be energy independent. But this administration's yeah, you know, if you could sum it up in two words, it'd be Americans last. Yeah. So
1: unfortunately, it's not just this administration, it's also the Republican Rhino establishment, like Mitch McConnell, who told us that the top priority for this Congress is the war in Ukraine, not fuel prices, not inflation not a housing bubble that's about to collapse uh yeah mitch where was the part about americans stops. in there? nowhere Cuck, got to stop putin
2: so how so how do we i mean obviously we this show exposes these kinds of things but we're small potatoes how do how do we get people to see what's
1: going on and it's a great point i was just thinking I wanted to make sure to, to bring up that, you know, this dude. So, you know, I don't I don't listen to every episode of Rogan anymore. I know I've talked in this past year about quitting it entirely. And so I haven't done that, but I do pick and choose which ones I listen to. Right. So this one posted, like I said, probably two weeks ago already, at least. And I didn't, I didn't jump right on it. I read the little headline of it, noticed how short it was um yeah it was december 22nd and i um hadn't been two weeks yet i guess it's been 10 days um i read the little headline of it and and i you know like i know this i know that lithium and cobalt is coming from some of the poorest parts of the world which undoubtedly means you know that people are being horribly oppressed by these mining companies right and i know about the environmental destruction that they're causing so i was just like "Eh, i'll listen to it later right for whatever reason, yesterday, I finally started giving it a listen. And I mean, the guy is just, that was in the first eight minutes that I just played. He's no just one. on fire, right? And he's showing this video and he's playing the audio and he's, you know, he's got Joe twisted into a knot. Um, and it's important to your point, when Joe has somebody on, like when he had uh, Robert Malone on, right? Or when he had uh, Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, these anti-COVID establishment people one of whom invented mRNA te- technology, the other of whom is the most published cardiac specialist in the history of medicine. When he had those guys on to challenge the narrative of COVID over the last three years, clips of those, co- those conversations went mega viral, right? All the people I follow on Instagram, all the different podcasts that I listen to, everybody was talking about these segments of those conversations. When he had uh, Sanjay Gupta on, And he, you know, basically pummeled him into oblivion. That remember that went, I mean, it was coming into your feed, I would imagine, too, even though you don't follow Rogan as closely as I do, right? Like you were seeing. I
2: see his social media stuff. Yeah. So, but I don't listen to others,
1: but others talking about it, too, right? Unless
2: you or someone else be like, you got to listen to this episode of Rogan. Then generally speaking,
1: I don't listen. I guess my point is, other than it popping up in my Spotify feed, I haven't seen or heard anybody touch this thing. It may be, and maybe yes. this is why Joe dropped it on December twenty second. Might have gotten caught. Might have gotten caught up in the holiday wash. I know all of my podcasts right now are playing like year in review episodes where they're pulling, playing their best of type thing. Right? You won't get that
2: on this show because we don't really have any best of. <laughs>
1: probably do but neither one of us is going to go back through 50 episodes we don't have a producer
2: oh dude i gotta tell you this This is totally off base but you said so so rogan's producer's name is jeremy right okay so one of your favorite radio shows of all time the the morning musers on the ticket right did you hear about Jeremy? did you hear about it jeremy Mm -mm. it's jill now yeah
1: did he really transition or is it a joke
2: well he quit like uh he quit, I want to say three or four months ago after 20 plus years being running their board. Yeah. And then my buddy Evan, lifelong friend of mine, sent this to our group text. I'll just pull it up, man. Uh sent it to our group text yesterday night. And it was, I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. Uh yeah, it's this is Jer, big, strong Jer now. Purple hair, oh, gosh, long stop. hair, new year, new me, and all that. And now it's, uh, oh, sorry, it's it's uh, Jill. Yeah, Jill. And dude, all, all of this, is this is on his Twitter. Was, he has a penis, so it's still a dude. Everyone's like, oh, you're so courageous. I'm so proud of you. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, how about this? You're mentally ill. Bro, you got gender dysphoria. It's a disease. Your life sucked,
1: and so this is how you coped with it. Have the musers touched it? I mean, I guess uh, this, this just, just came out on January first. Yeah, this is, this is
2: this is eight twenty seven p.m. January first. So, I don't. And I, I'll be honest with you. I doubt they'll touch it.
1: I doubt they will. That's fascinating. Um for anybody who wants a little bit of background about what the hell cables talking about the ticket AM 1310 and what 967 FM I think in Dallas-Fort Worth is the biggest sports talk station in the country uh, has been since it basically was founded in the early 90s um it's yeah, a big they laid deal, the, like, the
2: blueprint for sports talk radio
1: right and it's a wildly entertaining radio station from what 5 30 in the morning until they're done at 7 p.m or whatever um i used to listen to, i got started listening to it through streaming in like 2011 probably and probably listen that damn thing every day until six or seven years ago when i wised up and decided that there were way better things to listen to throughout the day that would educate me versus rot my brain um but they're funny they mm-hmm. are funny Definitely have a left-leaning bent, pretty much across the spectrum it seems. Aside from maybe like two hosts, even they uh, have their moments. Um, But anyway, the morning show—it's like probably one of the most decorated morning shows there is, right? Well, if you're familiar with
2: radio, they've won multiple Marconi awards, which is like been nominated for several. Right, it's like the the Oscars of radio. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. their show, right. Their show, right. The stations won one, I think, and the Musers have won a couple of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're a big damn deal, for sure. Same three guys have been doing it for 20 years now, at least, right? Well, yeah, 30, closer to 30. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Jared literally- was there
2: when when I was there. So I would do overnight board hopping, which meant Didn't Sunday, he just get married? Dude, he's been married to a blind girl. Right. For a long time. For five years or something, seven years. Uh, I think two. it was longer than that. But he's his wife's blind. I guess the new look doesn't matter to her. But anyway. Go ahead, sorry. Uh no, I was just gonna say Jer would be coming in on Monday morning and literally getting in my in the seat I was in on Sunday night. Well, I guess I was keeping his seat warm technically because he was full time and I was a part time weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Overnight. But uh yeah, he just seem like a normal dude. Cut up with him, laugh with him. Now he's a girl. This is the world we live in.
1: I'm trying to. I'm telling you, man. There's something in the water. We know it's yeah, dude. We (laughs) know there's a mental contagion aspect to this, but it's got to be something more than that, man. It's got to be the water, the vaccine, you five G signal. Something is turning the frogs gay. (laughs) What? In the words of Alex Jones,
2: where's the more testosterone? like manly place to work than a sports talk radio station
1: i don't know bro i don't get a whole lot of high t vibes from any of those guys anymore man
2: that's probably that's it, that's it a pretty light in the loafers
1: crew watered man. down corby a yeah. uh, total liberal
2: douche
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i do think uh george is a man's man seems to be gordon is he goes to african hunts gordon but he sure loves to play the, you know, the this is, Birkenstock lefty. Yeah. Uh, he's an intellectual guy. Um, I guess Bob, but, you know, I don't think Bob knows how to change a tire. <laughs>
2: Bob's got, Nothing Bob about got those the Wisconsin shots. boys.
1: So, yep. Maybe we'll Sheeps. see Bob put on a purple wig and uh, shave off his goatee and start calling himself Bobby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something more feminine. Anyway,
2: Roberto, I just I, I wanted to bring that up because I know it would blow your mind.
1: So it's funny. It's um sad, yeah. dude. Sad. But I, I saw so, yeah. so
2: also on that text thread, another one of our friends, lifelong friends, his dad transitioned about two years ago, and. He was the, did I ever tell the story? on No, you did. You, you, you've shared this. Yeah. The one where I said it, we we were playing golf together and he was like, I'm having surgery next week. And I was like, Oh good. You're finally getting that sex change. And like a week later, everyone found out that his dad was transitioning. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. 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 Love you, Uh, Justin. And (laughs) Mr. Mr. Mrs. Wise. I don't know whatever it goes by, but anyway, uh, Yeah, it's weird.
1: Do we have anything else to cover on Cobalt? Because that might be a perfect segue into MoFax and the uh, depopulation agenda. (laughs) Uh, Are are we done with Cobalt? I mean, the main takeaways for me are it's undeniable proof that that mining is far worse for the world from from the people of the world to the environment than any oil and gas extraction at least as it stands currently. And it's also proof of the ever, like the, Im- the indestructible double think of the leftist mind that they can believe they're saving the planet by driving a $90,000 electric car um, while that's going on, right? And they're perfectly happy to turn a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. The power of these corporations to basically keep this kind of thing completely under wraps like i mentioned the guy is the only way anybody knows who siddharth kara is is because he got to go on rogan but he happened to do it three days before christmas and nobody seems to be talking about it so we'll see if excuse me if anything even comes out of that um yeah i mean it's just I have like a,
2: i have a question and it's mind-blowing to me that we can be in this situation where whoever it is is pulling the strings, whether it's Elon or the cabal or you know the deep state, whatever it is, that they are more powerful than some of the oldest money, the most powerful people in America. And I'm talking about oil and gas people like Jerry Jones. Like they, they have more sway than some of the wealthiest people, the Exxon, the biggest corporations in the world. Mm-hmm. To me, that's mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing
1: yeah well part of the problem dude is that um all right if you wanted to look up jerry's net worth right now you could do that Mm -hmm. i think it's probably around nine or ten billion right it puts him like the 25th richest person in america but the crown you can't even who knows right the crown prince of saudi arabia you know, there are people who estimate that that the uh, that the royalty of the Middle East could be worth trillions, right? Again, no agenda. The other day they were talking about if you made a dollar a yeah, minute. Well, that's even more damning. If they're worth trillions and they, and they're still going to get swallowed up in this deal, it's bad. It, it's bad for them if everyone's going to electric batteries. I mean, electric cars no, and it's lithium. Not. Because you can guarantee they've got their... Okay, first of all, they're not going to kill oil and gas. That's one of the first and foremost fallacies of this whole thing is they're not going to kill oil and gas.
2: I I understand that. But But these guys
1: also, if they're trillionaires, you can bet your ass they've got investments in that entire supply chain from the mine all the way to the electric cars.
2: Okay. But they're sitting on their own private stock. Like, they don't if they had this way well, they would be like no screw you we don't we are going to do what we're doing we have the oil screw that
1: i, I mean okay so one of the thing, okay so the fact that they're all letting it happen i guess maybe they are all invested in it i don't know all right they're so wealthy dude they can shut off all their oil for a year they're still going to be richer the next year than they were when they shut it off because of just the interest mm-hmm. on all the money that they already have and all the other ways that they're making money right the oil and gas like set the table Right. But if you're talking about a royal family worth a trillion, like they can just sleepwalk through the rest of their generations and they're not ever gonna not be right the most powerful people in the world, right? Like and and OPEC does that, right? The OPEC is the basically mafia of international oil and gas, oil producing oil organization of petroleum exporting countries, OPEC, right? it's all the quote, bad guys, right? Russia, uh, Venezuela, uh, a bunch of the Iran, right? When they want to manipulate the market, they'll shut in their oil and gas production. They'll voluntarily forego revenue and profit to starve the market to drive the price up and then open the valves back up and make more money, right? They have so much of it. They don't, have to rely on that revenue it's like it's money in the bank if it's sitting in the ground mm-hmm. they still own it right there's another really interesting podcast that came out since the one i just uh played um joe Who's, had on this that your house
2: that people are talking in the background
1: surely you're not picking that up oh yeah i'm picking it up i don't know what to do about it All i'm right. not about to like tell them to stop they're downstairs <laughs> sorry Turn the mic array away. He had on this guy from um, some reality show about Alaskan gold mining. Have you seen this? Uh -uh. There's some new reality show about gold mining in Alaska. And there's this guy who went from college dropout to, I don't know how much the guy's worth, but he got there by going up there and and panning for gold initially and learning that business and then buying up these old gold mines that had been abandoned in the 20s that there were reports on, right? Like geological surveys on. And in the 20s, when gold was 20 bucks an ounce, 50 bucks an ounce, 100 bucks an ounce, they couldn't make money mining it. But now that it's $2,000 an ounce, this dude's probably, I don't know if he's a billionaire, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Because he went and bought these old mines that were declared useless Mm-hmm. And then, therefore, ignored for eighty years until he bought them and started mining them again. So now he's sitting on gold reserves that'll make his great great grandchildren fabulously wealthy, right? All of that is a huge tangent. Getting back to your point, the Jerry's—you're gonna have to say something to them. It's so the loud. Jerry's and even the Elons of the world. Yeah, they can even Elon, who's worth supposedly two hundred billion, can be bought by. The House of Windsor, right? A lot of people don't even realize, dude. But the the monarchy of the United Kingdom is still the crown of Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, maybe even in South Africa. Mm. Like a multitude, like they don't. There's like five or six countries that the now King of England still technically presides over, right? Anyway, mm. there's a okay. handful of powerful families that we don't even know how much they're worth because they don't talk about it right yeah and they make guys like jerry jones look like you and me
2: i don't know do you have anything else on the cobalt or do you want to uh to switch over to
0: Let's oh, talk about Jerry Jones to top.
2: yeah yeah so all right you're gonna have to say something them. it's so loud or you have to shut a door or do something <laughs> There's no door to shut, dude. <laughs> You're gonna listen back to it and be like, oh, that's unfortunate. All right, whatever. We'll just keep going. Apologies did that, for the, did that fix it? the holiday audio where the kids are at home situation. Um I had something. So did, well, I got Did it go away? Sounds better. I do Wanted to bring this up Before we continue with Jerry Jones Because I don't know if you've seen this dude And you won't see it on CNN You won't see it on Fox You won't see it anywhere It's still the little news sources that are, are uh, Reporting this But there's this new Idea That artificial sweeteners Are causing a huge surge In sudden deaths Experts mourn This is from News Punch Ooh. Yeah, artificial sweeteners. I looked this all up today.
1: Slay. Not that I'd, I, I mean, I, they're not good for you. You can taste that they're not good for you.
2: Sure. Go ahead. Artificial sweeteners behind spike and sudden deaths. Heart attack, experts claim. <laughs> this is from Frank Berg- Bergman on December 24th in Slay, whatever publication that is. Natural News. Science finally admits, so this is a different take on it, but it's the same point. Science finally admits that artificial sweeteners cause sudden death. But it's only to deflect from COVID jabs. So they're admitting now that artificial sweeteners are bad for you, only because of the COVID fallout. And like, "Well, we need a scapegoat, so artificial sweeteners are right. it."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. right. I mean, big pharma's like, "Hey, let's blame it on those guys." Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Same way the sugar industry blamed animal fats for cardiac disease in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, just
2: wanted to mention that because I saw all of these. I saw one clip on my uh, social media feed, one little post. And then, so I just looked it up. I was like, Oh, it's all these obscure news sources that are actually
1: reporting it. But yeah. So added sugar is bad for you. Really bad for you. Anything that is intended to act like sugar is also really bad for you. (laughs) Whether that's sucralose or aspartame or saccharin Mm -hmm. or even something natural. I would really love to know are like xylitol, and uh, what's that other natural sweetener they use all the time now?
2: Not um, sure. When was the last time you drank an energy drink?
1: Oh, uh, a while. Okay. Yeah. I had a little kick for a while where if I was traveling, driving in particular, I might drink a, a Red Bull. But Lots of sugar in there. I would normally go with the sugar-free, which again, I don't know would what's, then be sweet with sugar. So like
2: I'll drink a Bang once in a while if I'm driving to go hunting or something. And there's, they say no sugar on there. Right. It's just full of caffeine, but it tastes sweet. So you're putting it's something got in there not sucralose, not
1: Sucralose for there. sure. Yeah. Which is an artificial yeah. sweetener. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, just wanted to see if you'd seen that.
1: I haven't, but People it's
2: dropping dead, but it not from cold, cold Jackson, weather. Cold weather causes it.
1: Sweetener. There's, there's a, there's a, an, a, a remarkable array in the last six months of excellent, excellent, excellent. Excl- 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 wow. Explanations, explanations for sudden uh, cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. yeah, and young people specifically, yeah. So,
2: yeah. All right, let's do. Let's wrap it up real quick with the Mofax eighty eight. Top and... level, top level observations. Yeah, go. Cool. Uh, so well, you set the table because you listened to it since. Little, Saturday, obviously. little background. So, yeah. Jerry Jones recently came under fire for for two things. Number one, apparently in nineteen fifty seven. What was right. it? Yeah, it was about uh, 54, or 57, was, something like that. When uh was it Brown versus Board of Education? Right. Supreme Court says we are going to separate but equal is not equal. Right. It's weird living in 2022 where they want to go back to separate but equal. But uh they said we're going to we are going to, um, what is the word?
1: Uh, segregate, integrate, integrate, yeah, integrate, integrate. We're going to De-segregate, integrate public integrate. schools,
2: yeah, because right. separate but equal is unconstitutional. Okay, so a lot of the southern states were like, "The hell you are!" We're going to do everything in our power to make sure you do not do that because it's a state's right thing, just like Roe versus Wade.
1: Yeah, I think most people have seen, um you know the the old footage in Alabama of i mean it was made certainly famous in the movie Forrest Gump oh, yeah. right where university of Alabama um what was the governor's name in Alabama uh, i don't know George, but George famous George
2: opposed to it and like tried to do everything yeah. he could to support to right. integration yeah. um
1: democrat by the way <clears throat> uh yeah they were trying to they were making a big stink as they let the four or so black students in and Basically, Jerry is Forrest Gump <laughs>
2: because Jerry's like, fourteen years old, and he's on
1: the steps of his high school
2: in Little Rock, Woo. and he's and he's he's fourteen or fifteen years old, right? But he's, he's there. Yeah, he's a right. kid. He's there. They're, they've got the Little Rock Nine. They're trying to bring into the school, and right. uh, he. The, no one knew this photo existed until November, and. The uh, was it the uh, Washington Post released yep. the released the photo. Jeff Bezos. I don't know where. Owns... Yeah, exactly. No one knew the photo existed, so the Washington Post releases this photo. Well, Mo does a deep dive on who owns that. Well, it's Jeff Bezos. Also, Jeff Bezos is trying to buy an NFL team. Well, why not stir up some crap for the Cowboys? So, because if I if I'm Jeff Bezos and I'm as rich as I am, I don't want to buy the Washington Redskins or the Commanders, excuse me, whatever. I figured you were doing it on purpose. I was. I don't want to buy the Jacksonville. You're
1: dead naming the the Washington football team, you know? Yeah. I don't want to buy the Jaguars or the Colts. No. I want America's team. Well, it's interesting because he he basically kind of blames it on Dan Snyder, right? Dan Dan Snyder is like the slitheriest, snakiest little douchebag in the NFL. It's kind of amazing that they let him buy a team, which he bought in like, what, his late 30s, I think? Um, but- he's been interestingly, he's been Jerry's like protege mm-hmm. since day one, right? And Moe's theory is Bezos is going to gun for the commanders because they're forcing Snyder was already in hot water for like mm-hmm. for like her, sexual harassment inside his organization for having carried the Redskins name so long, def- adamantly claiming he was going to protect it. All these things, right? He's he's now public. Oh, he had there's those emails that came out of. Uh, the Gruden's, I guess, when they were coaching for him, right, and he's got a whole bunch of things that have come out that the NFL is looking to force him out, and that would make a natural pickoff play for Bezos if Bezos wants to own an NFL team. He also Mo, Mo points out, like he looks at the ownership of the NFL, the thirty-two guys that get to own an NFL team, as basically like the version, like American royalty, right? Right, like they are, and he's probably right. You know, it's a club. Super oh, yeah. exclusive club, right?
2: Well, the Cowboys which, are the most valuable sports franchise
1: in the world. In the whole world. And so world. his take is Snyder slipped him, slipped Bezos' photo and said, hey, you want to buy an NFL team? Why don't you leave me alone? Check it out. Jerry and his, you know, flat top wearing 1950s schmuck buddies were, you know, gathered around hissing and spitting, which the picture does not show Jerry hissing or spitting. It just no. shows him standing there. It literally, like, from the movie Forrest Gump, They spliced Tom Hanks into the scene on the steps at, you know, University of Alabama when they were integrating the University of Alabama. Uh, Man, that guy's name is on the tip of my tongue. That governor Wallace, George Wallace, while George Wallace is ranting and raving about his racism. There's just Forrest like poking his head in. Right. That's pretty much what Jerry's doing. Like, what's going on here? You know what it is? It's 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 the Jan 6th walkabouters. Jerry was just there to walk about. He was just there because that was the thing to do. Except he did say, and, and Mo kind of, they kind of started down this for a minute, but he points out how they knew that the coaches were going to have their ass when mm-hmm. they got to practice. So he was playing football at the time. And whatever they were up to, they knew they were going to be in trouble for it. But regardless, all the picture shows is a young 14 year old Jerry Jones watching these people trying to go into this school. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go yeah. ahead yeah so so now Jerry
2: on Thanksgiving Day, like this is it gets released the week of Thanksgiving, which that's like that's like his biggest day of the year. That's when the Cowboys are front and center. They're one of three football t- games that day, and they play every day every Thanksgiving, and they play in prime time. They are the big ticket item on Thanksgiving day. The Detroit yeah. Lions also play. Nobody gives a crap about the Detroit Lions. They're not America's team. It's They're not literally worse.
1: the crappy, your aunt's crappy appetizer to the, you know, the turkey and stuffing. Yeah.
2: Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. So now he's got to deal with this firestorm that has come out. And and then he and then he actually does the piece, I think, with the New York or with the Washington Post. And they kind of stab him in the back again. Like he didn't know, but they made him look even, even worse when he did the the article. Like there's a Jerry Jones is a racist, and he's got to deal with all this crap now.
1: Well, and so there's this tie to modern day, right? Where Jerry was the only owner in American sports who took a stand against the kneeling, the Kaepernick mm-hmm. kneeling, and said, "We're not doing that. We're America's team. We're going to stand for the anthem." Of course, he ultimately caved, and the whole team locked hands in that one game, I think against maybe the Cardinals or something, and took a knee for like a second, right? Yeah. But, but other than that, he's been pretty adamant. Our team is going to stand for the flag, right? Which makes him racist, of yeah. course, mm-hmm. right? Even though he spent billions of dollars paying black athletes, as a black well, quarterback. But I mean,
2: that has nothing to do with the color of their skin. Jerry's a capitalist, and he's going to put the best product. Yeah, but on I, the I, field. I just
1: I don't think Jerry's a racist man. No, I don't. Either. I think he loves. I think I, I think he loves every player jerry's oh, got his dude, flaws listen don't to the way
2: wrong. that michael irvin talks about jerry jones that's what i'm saying or, or any of the black players that have played for him even any when des bryant
1: them. and him those got guys sideways at the end of his career for des has so much love for jerry right jerry has been like a father figure to a lot of them honestly he's given so many guys a second third mm-hmm. fourth fifth chance when nobody else in the nfl would give him a chance of all colors right but yep. like, I, I just don't feel like yeah, I don't think he's a racist. I don't feel I think like he, he was, was racist, born in a time they would speak of him that way. Where, obviously, yeah, we we're dude. turning the page on. He that was 14 and, years old in the 50s when Brown versus Board of Education was decided. Yeah, in Arkansas, like, right? You know. Yeah. So, so
2: Jerry has to deal with all that. It was interesting just to get Mo's take on you know how they they planted that there on his on his day, and I and he had to deal with it. And I I don't think that the backlash was as big as they thought it was
1: going to be. Right. I mean, if that really, if if Mo is right, and this was Dan Snyder's attempt to feed dirty information to Bezos and the Washington Post that would get the heat off of him and onto Jerry so that he could buy the Cowboys, like, that ain't happening. Mm -hmm. That is not happening. And Mo points out.
2: Even if it wasn't Dan Snyder and Bezos just was trying to somehow get some dirt on Jerry so that he could maybe someday get his fingers on the Cowboys and join that American, you know, grand old club of royalty that are the NFL ownership, um, it didn't work out.
1: Whether no, it, it didn't work. It. It's not going it to work. You're not Snyder. going to take out Jerry. And, and then one of the things I love about MoFax, that podcast in general, is how they they dig into, like, the nuance of this type of thing, right? Like, he points out the media would love to hang Jerry Jones because they're always looking for somebody to hang, especially mm. if they can hang him with the, with the racist noose, right? right at the same time jerry is the most powerful figure in the nfl he is the king in american sports right yeah in america probably in american sports for sure Mm -hmm. and so there's this point where they're playing this audio of this press conference and they were like and mo goes to adam curry i'm gonna play this next clip and, and you chime in and tell me when uh the exact moment when rich guys had enough. (laughs) Right. Right. And there's this moment where he goes, he's being badgered and pressed on this. And he finally goes, look, look, and he keeps his cool. He keeps his calm, but he clearly shows we're done talking about this. My team's got a football game to play. And the point is, and everybody backed up, like they were gently, there was one guy who got a little bit of aggressive, but for the most part, everybody was kind of gently probing at it. And the point is, they need access to Jerry Jones. They need access to the Cowboys franchise. They need access to the NFL writ large, right? Well, if you piss off the, you know, the king of the entire organization, meaning the shield, the entire NFL, you can find the door shut in your face, and all of a sudden you're a reporter with no beat, mm-hmm. right? So there's this like weird incestuous interplay going on where yeah we would love to take down Jerry Jones but we kind of can't because he's way too powerful but we sure can make his press conference uncomfortable right? But you know Jerry had pictures of himself with a 19 year old girl come out and you know a Dallas club no, he recently found everyone
2: found out he has a daughter like a different other daughter. Really? You didn't know that? No. This was like 18 months ago yeah he had a, a love child that he's <laughs> That he paid for her vehicles, paid for her college. I mean, yes, it's. uh, But it finally came out, dude. I can't believe you didn't know this. She has a real funny name. Uh, Yeah, dude. This I cannot believe you didn't hear about this. It's probably because you weren't listening
1: to the ticket. Yeah, for sure. i just not watching. I mean, has it ever been covered by like the Sunday morning, like pregame shows, or is it just something that was like locally discussed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I bet they've never talked about it on an NFL broadcast.
2: Oh, this is another lady claiming. Uh, love child here. <laughs> uh, Alexandria Davis, Jerry Jones' daughter. I wonder what Charlotte thinks of this. Don't know. Don't know.
1: I'm going to just Google Jerry Jones' children real quick. Jerry Jones. Oh, my God. Gordon must have had a field day with this. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I'm going to have to. They like, talk
2: about it all the time.
1: I'm going to have to look some <laughs> of that stuff up.
2: I Woo. think it's. Okay. So, Alexandra Davis. Um, he was, he did take a paternity test, I believe. And apparently, this is a love child from the 90s at some point. Probably yeah, like after a Super Bowl win. <laughs> yeah. But wow. yeah, he
1: paid for so so he's known about it. Like he, he it just right. was a scandal. Like he's been taking care of this girl's her mm-hmm. whole life, basically. And she's yeah. what twenty something, thirty something now, probably.
2: Yeah. 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 So Oops. anyway, you you can't touch Jerry. You know, nothing's gonna take him down. But right. uh what, one other thing that I thought was fascinating from what uh episode eighty eight of Mo Facts was the Alabama football team. I don't know if you got that far into
1: it. Oh, I listened to the whole thing. Yeah. Okay.
2: So Alabama was ripping off national championship after national championship in the under Bear Bryant in the forties,
1: fifties, fifties, and I guess early sixties. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then all of a sudden they started getting their asses kicked, and I'm sure they were still good, but they were no longer, you know, competing for national championship. Oh yeah, they, they
1: said they in what '63 they had an undefeated season, but they finished third. And the speculation is that the Associated Press wouldn't give him a national championship because they were not integrated; they were mm-hmm. still segregated, all white team. Yeah. While meanwhile, USC and uh, you know some of the universities from you know, more progressive parts of the country were already integrated, and yeah, they were dominating. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, Bear Bryant, and he
2: said... and it becomes obvious that he wants to protect his legacy. Right? He doesn't want to lose. Right. So is Bear Bryant coming from a place of like a genuine heart here? Like we need to integrate my football team because it's the right thing to do. Or am I doing it because I want to win football games End of the day? It doesn't matter. What he did was he called USC's head coach at the time in like 1970 said, and, and USC had a black assistant coach, which right. was also groundbreaking. They have a bunch yep. of black players and a black assistant coach. And so black USC's head coach, yeah, black quarterback, which who would end up running all over Alabama, um, but anyway, Bear Bryant flies out there, has a meeting with the head coach and assistant coach, and he goes, "Yeah, what's this about? You know, we don't. What are you doing here?" It's like I want you to come to Alabama and play my team next season, opening day, opening day. They go, "Well, what will it cost?" He says, "Bear Bryant's like, we'll pay you one hundred fifty thousand dollars." He's like, and then the USC coach was like, "Okay, we'll do it if you come." <coughs> and play us at USC the following year. Right. And I'll pay you $250,000. Well, Bear knew what was going to happen. He knew his all-white team wasn't going to cut the mustard against a black quarterback and a predominantly black USC team. And they came to Alabama, and they beat the crap out of them. Yep. And then the next year,
1: what do you know? Black players right. start filling in yeah, it, Alabama's it, roster. Right, and if, for anybody who's never bothered to check it out, what Mo does is he aggregates audio. Some of it goes back like 80 years, not necessarily in this episode, but some of the other episodes. And he tells this th- three-hour story where he's playing people's words. And so with this piece, he's got two or three people who are like coaches and or players, part of that Alabama program at that time, who were like, yeah, he absolutely was deliberately bringing the best integrated football team in America to kick his own ass on his home turf so that the boosters, you know, at the university of Alabama, who were still, you know, with George Wallace of keeping everything segregated would have no choice, but to say, Oh, we got to do this or this game is going to pass us by. Right. To your question, man, to me, that's like asking, did you give that money to that charity out of the true goodness of your heart or to make yourself feel good? What's the difference? The outcome was the same a positive for the world, right? Mm. Yeah, clearly he felt that's what he had to do to be more competitive. He was right. And that's the part I really want to get into. Why was he right? Which was the whole heart of the Mofax episode, right? Like Mm. the part nobody wants to talk about. Um, The Jimmy the Greek part, right? Um, So you you go ahead with that then. Well, I'll wrap that thought up. He did it to win but just like I was saying about Jerry, if Bear was a hardcore racist, I don't know if that would have been enough. He was bucking the governor of Alabama. Oh, yeah. It, right? it, like, like he, can't he went wait for a, a good while like yeah, yeah, trying, trying to get his right. team integrated. Right. He'd been fighting that battle for several seasons, right? And, you know, so what was his purpose? To stay relevant and, you know, at a championship level in football, which it works. And the outcome was the end of segregation in Alabama essentially right so like mm-hmm. you know the Lord works in mysterious ways man you know like <clears throat> Jacob, Samson you know even Joshua going down the list there's all kinds of flawed heroes with personal selfish motivations that ended up doing great things all throughout the book right so um, yeah, but yeah so there were two main takeaways that I wanted to talk about from this episode of MoFax. One of them is he gets into this conversation about why is it that black players dominate American athletics, right? Because you can go to other parts of the world and you don't necessarily see that, right? You see a much more uh, diverse array of athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, at the end of the day, it was the slave trade which we probably covered in our episode on reparations back in the single digits of this show, right? Jimmy the Greek talked about it, got himself canceled. It was really interesting when he replayed the audio of like ABC News talking about the firing of Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy the Greek was a sports commentator from New York in the 90s, I guess, 80s and 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And he did an off-the-cuff recorded conversation with some guy where he mentioned... He, there were there were two things he said. One was that the deliberate breeding for size, strength, and speed of African slaves in this country and the descendant of African slaves led to, you know, black people dominating American sports. And then also, Mo points out the geographic breakdown of where the talent comes from. Right. Basically, the southern you know, agriculture belts, the plantation belt, right? From Georgia to Florida, through the Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, we own all the great football players. Right? That's mm-hmm. a terrible way to say that. <laughs> yeah, we throw <laughs> a flag on that one. Whoops! We produce. Yikes! We produce in the Gulf Coast region, in particular, like ninety percent of the NFL talent, and it happens to be all black talent. It happens to all be descendants of this slave trade, and you know, when we talked about buck breaking way back in that episode, which I got from Mo. like, dude, he points out they were, it was, he called it husbandry, right? Human husbandry. And it was a perfect word for it. The deliberate breeding of certain individuals for physical dominance, for workability, right? Mm-hmm. And now 150 years later, it's translated to a different type of workability. And thankfully, a way I'm amazed
2: that. that in 150 years, you could get that result. But it doesn't take longer than that. It seems very well. But they
1: started when they started when they first, you know, the sixteen nineteen project. Right? It it took. It was four hundred years of of deliberate, you know, intervention. I guess Mm -hmm. by the. But what he actually said, he's like they were farming black people, and they were right by the end of the slave era. He points out the most money was not coming from the plantations themselves; it was coming from. The trade of these third, fourth, fifth generation slaves that, you know, that they had bred for these certain characteristics. That's a horrible way to talk about it, but it's a reality. And so getting back right. to Jimmy the Greek, he said two things. He said, he pointed that out. And then he said, and this was a weird thing to say, but he's like, they want the black, like he he basically said the you know, that whites have been pushed out of American pro sports by by black people who are more talented because of the slave trade. Now they want him to coach too. And as soon as they start letting him coaches, there will be no role for white people in American sports. I don't know about that latter part, but in the ABC news reporting on it, which he was employed by ABC and they fired him over this. All they would touch was the coaching part. They played the audio of him explaining to this guy at some party that as soon as black people start coaching in America, there'll be no role for white people. They didn't play anything about the slave breeding part. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mo points out that's the third rail. Like we're not allowed to talk about that. Like I've actually heard people say, like, "Isn't it weird how, you know, black people are, you know, kind of predominant in basketball and football?" And it's like, yeah, it's not actually. It's it's not that weird. It was deliberate. Like this is the product of this grievous sin that we committed on mankind. Right? Not we. They. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was interesting. Just like the whole. Like, kind of picking back that onion. And, but then again, the way the the media you pick back an onion, peel back. There you
2: go. On this episode of butchered cliches.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that that was
2: fascinating, but it is something that you're not, it's still, that was in the 90s when Jimmy the Greek got fired, I believe. In 2023,
1: now, still people don't want to talk about that or admit that that's reality. Yeah. You, you would never, If somebody did that on modern day sports broadcasting, they would be canceled. I mean, yeah instantaneously, right? But it's true. Yeah. What was the point that he made? The other, the other area I wanted to touch on came to in like he he started when I texted you, he was talking about this depopulation effort. And he was saying the exact same thing that we've said before, which again, like I don't remember if Mo put it in my head or if I was thinking it as I was listening to Mo, but the idea that all of the stuff they're doing is aimed at, de- at depopulation. The transgender stuff, the aborting mm-hmm. the babies, right? What he was talking about abortion. Do you remember what like that part of that conversation? Well, no, he. Was, I mean, part of it was like,
2: how to, if you want to depopulate the African American community, you just keep them poor. But I don't. But that, I don't know how that would make it make sense from where you're where you're going with that. What. I don't remember what he said. I know I remember the part of the conversation where he was talking about depopulation, but I don't remember the tie in there. So have to, I think it
1: had to do for sure, at least in part, with abortion. Well, if you keep them poor, then there's no father figure. I don't know. I don't remember how that tied in. He was basically making the point that, like, you know, eugenics was part of how we got to the point where African Americans dominate the sports landscape. It's also continued to this day, right? Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood through to now, the current powers that be globally only want certain people to carry on. And this is what he said. This is exactly what he said. He said, all of these agendas, right? Confusing kids about their gender, Mm -hmm. brainwashing people into thinking aborting babies up to nine months is okay, right? Maybe these shots causing sterilization, on and on and on, right? He said, I know, what I had said months ago, which is if you're interested in depopulating the world, which Bill Gates, the King of England, all of them have said they're on board with Ted Turner, right? But not to like eliminate all humans, reduce the population. You're going to do so strategically. And his point was, if you'll, I think it was Curry who wrapped it up. If you fall for this shit, you're not one of the ones we want carrying on. You don't get to get on the arc. Hmm. If you'll fall for this transgender stuff such that you're willing to let a doctor mutilate your children, y'all don't, y'all's genes don't get to pass on. That's the modern day eugenics. If you'll oh, give yourself four of these experimental vaccines, cause you're afraid of a cold, you don't get to go on to the next. Y- y- your, your offspring don't get to exist. Basically. Part of
2: me hopes that that's true. Part of me also <laughs> hopes that it isn't because of people that I love that would not be on the arc. <laughs> Right. But, uh, I don't know. You don't know anybody that's had four of them, do you? Yeah, one guy that went backpacking with me,
1: older guy. think he oh,
2: actually yeah, had right. five. Tell me about that. Yeah, Hold on.
1: Five. Hey, Charlotte, will you shut your door, please? Um, I saw this meme. It's popped up twice and it's relevant on my Instagram, but it was like, it's a comedian, actually. I guess it's not really a meme. It's a video clip of a comedian telling a joke on stage. And he's like, these liberal women. They're really funny to me. He's like, you know, they'll be like a tree has energy, man. You can see its aura. It's a living being with a consciousness. You know, mushrooms can communicate over vast spaces through like, you know, the connections that they grow through the soil. Um, you know, one other similar like tree huggery thing. But a fetus is just a clump of cells and it doesn't matter if you suck it out and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the world we live in, right? The world we live in. Yeah. Um, Any take on the Dion component of all that, or the MoFax thing? No, no. I didn't, I turned it off for that. Oh, you didn't get to the Dion. It was Dion a three-hour podcast and change. A, so yeah, they're all yeah. long, but that one was particularly long. So,
2: although I did hear, oh, it would be funny to play that audio. Uh, did you ever hear Dion talking about his cousin, that was the fastest guy he ever? I think I've heard of that, yeah. But he was a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, but if you want to if you I mean you
1: obviously listen to the Dion part. I and mean, Dion uh, just I'm got hired to... to be the head coach of what? Colorado. Right. Well, and so so for a little bit more background, Mo went to an HBCU, a historically black college. Um Mo to your point about the whole interesting to see separate and but equal coming back. Like he actually addressed it regular well he regularly advocate they address that specifically funny that it's coming back but you know most take is I don't care about integration he's like I'm I married a black woman and I wouldn't even consider marrying a white woman he's like he's got four daughters like me we're like born within six months of each other and our daughters are all the same age incidentally um, he's like I want all four of my daughters to marry a black man now they'll marry who they're gonna marry and as long as they're in love and you know they're following God He's cool with it, right? But his point is, like, there's nothing wrong with heritage. There's nothing wrong with culture. There's nothing wrong with like, being attracted to like, right? I mean, Muhammad Ali, there's a famous video of him in an interview saying, this isn't God's plan, right? Um, I'm the same way. I was never going to marry a black woman. I mean, you just said it's okay for Mo to say it. It's not okay for me to say it. I'm just thinking if I ever felt the same, I wasn't saying it wasn't okay. I, it wasn't um, it
2: wasn't something that I, a choice that are hundred percent not attracted
1: right. to him. You're hundred like, percent like, right just, that there's a double standard there to even question the fact that you could throw it out there where
2: oh uh, well I mean you're just when I said that you were like whoa, what did he just say that out loud? But it's was the truth. Like it there's never, was a little bit of that. Mostly I was it just never crossed thinking my mind. Right. Like, I but I never dated one. So I you know, I wasn't what uh what just happened?
1: disappeared i can still hear you though
2: yeah don't worry about it just keep talking
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay wondering what you're up to over there uh i accidentally turned my video off anyway gotcha professional yeah so that's just background you're not right I, i i guess what i'm getting at is i don't know that i've ever agreed with mo about it like i i do want to believe in a utopian world where that sort of thing doesn't matter but to your point at the same time but you're no different than at the same if time if your
2: kid fell in love with someone from of a different uh ethnicity it wouldn't be a big deal um i and i you know if i've met the right person i, I never made a conscious decision i just never right, I get it. so right, it just never it was was the, the really way that all played or... out was the way that i always figured it would play out
1: right to the and extent it's you the same thing about, mo right? said Right, exactly. That's the same basic take he has. And to your point, like I'm, I've got zero prejudice against an interracial marriage, marriage and I have zero prejudice against anybody who says I'm going to marry within my own race. Right. Mm-hmm. To each their own on this topic. Right. Um, but even that ties into his whole uh, eugenics concept, right? Because that was one of the things they got into is this idea of uh, what's called hybrid. Um, uh hybrid uh oh dang it
2: he said it's on at one point that they're just going to breed the black out of people by having
1: more and more interracial marriages that's one of the conspiracy theories about that they about the illuminati right is that this whole like if you watch any commercial right now like it's inevitably the whitest
2: black person you can get
1: well it's all interracial couples right and then all of the powerful there's prior episodes of MoFax where they talk about like the brown paper bag test at these HBCUs. They used to have something called a brown paper bag test. And if your skin was darker than a brown paper bag, they wouldn't let you into the HBCU. You had to have this watered down sort of mulatto skin tone. Right. And so like he talks about what's called the boule, which is basically like the black Illuminati and it's heavily populated with lighter skin people, you know, People like Kamala Harris fall into this camp, right? Don Lemon, probably. He's got to, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about like the
2: African American faces on TV. Like, you think of like a like a a Nigerian or someone from the Congo, really dark skin. You're not seeing that on there.
1: You're just not. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. A hundred percent, and and so they're wanting to take the entire race of the world in a certain direction. Right. Mm. They want to, that's where he talked about like the, uh, the abortion and all that. He's like, how do you get more light skinned Brown people and fewer dark skinned black people Convince the entire American, you know, black population that they should be aborting their babies instead of having them. Right. Um, so he throws out this term called like hybrid virility or something like, uh, it wasn't hybrid virility, but it's the idea that when you, when, Two organisms breed together. Um, you can have a situation where the, the best of both comes forward, right? Based on like natural selection, right? Like the strongest mm-hmm. like, characteristics from, from the, the, the mother and the strongest characteristics from the father can come together and the hybrid offspring of those two. Uh, you know, you can see it in dog breeding, right? You want to breed, you can't keep breeding the same bloodlines together over and over again. They start to get corrupted, right? You got to bring in outside genetics and it'll, it'll build up the genetics of a herd, right? So he was... It's not called hybrid virility, but it's something like that. Hybrid... Um, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, anyway, his take is the powers of the globe are heading in that direction. I'm getting way far afield from the HBCU part and the Dion part. Other than to say he's a fan of HBCUs. He actually is... A believer in there should be no problem with the concept of separate but equal there should be no problem if i want to go to a church that's predominantly black there should be no problem if i want my four daughters to marry you know to marry black men um that's mo's take on all that right but the world is telling us i don't disagree us, with him right like, and the, you, but the world is currently telling us the opposite right the world is telling mm-hmm. us simultaneously that we should all intermarry. And yet, like, white people are the devil and, you know, college dormitories should be segregated. So as usual, these crazy leftists are all over the board and they're not consistent at all. But the story wraps up going from Jerry and his days of standing on some steps watching the integration of his high school to Deion Sanders jumping jumping into college football coaching by taking a job at an HBCU. Uh, Jacksonville State in Jackson I'm Jackson State I'm sorry in Jackson Mississippi and he points out how when he did it he claimed God was calling him you know Dion's definitely a, a man of faith to go help build up the HBCUs of this country to show that the HBCUs can compete at the highest levels and he wanted to basically be the savior and this is the way Mo described it uh, of the of like the HBCU re- Renaissance, right? And so, sure enough, in three seasons, he wins two conference titles. I think goes fully undefeated at least once, if not twice, right? And then, after claiming that he was going to like make the HBCUs what in theory they probably should be, right? The most powerful, you know, sports institutions in the college landscape. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to take a job at University of Colorado uh, and bailing all that. And so he's caught, you know, either hell or love from, like, everybody who's commented on it. Um, well, From
2: my take on that is if you're a coach, and we, I mean, Dion's competed his whole life at the highest level in two sports. One of the best athletes, of, certainly of our lifetime, maybe ever.
1: And yeah, and most Mo's said all this. I mean, he, he, put, he, he puts him up there with Jordan and... To go to a major
2: school, like, I believe you take that opportunity. Because if, if you're really trying to further the advancement of African-American coaches, well, go have success at Colorado.
1: Not Jackson sure. State. Well, so, well, what he said he was trying to do was further the advancement of... HBCUs, not of African American right, well, coaches in particular. But to I your can point, see why he would take heat for flip flopping on that. But Mo agreed with everything. You, agrees with everything you said. Mo's take is: first of all, you got to know Dion. Dion's always been for Dion, first mm-hmm. and foremost. He's a fabulous self promoter. Always has been, right? Always been the flash and style. He's prime, right? And all he was saying when it came to this decision was: don't tell the world you're here to be their savior on behalf of HBCUs. And that God sent you to do it really heavily invoking the idea that you've got like a religious savior component. And then three years later, bail to jump up into the division one, like take the job, do your thing, take the next job. No problem. Mm -hmm. Right. His only take was you come in here preaching that you're going to be the savior of historically black colleges. And you're going to lift the whole, you know, that, that whole group of schools, only to turn around as soon as a better deal comes along and jump for it, right? But he also points out, Nike kind of owns the University of Colorado. They're like number two to Oregon in the Nike world. Dion has been partnered with Nike since the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers days, right? Dion showing how good a man of his caliber can be at that level of football was a threat, you really ought to listen to this next part of the thing, man, Mm. was a threat to the entire establishment landscape because this is how it ties back into Alabama, right, and the Bear Bryant part, right? Like, we know that Alabama, USC, Texas, Notre Dame, what, Ohio State, Michigan, and about seven other programs own college football, right? Right. You got Nick Saban bitching. Nick, He's got audio of Nick Saban bitching about what Jackson State was up to right there in his backyard next door in Mississippi, right? Complaining that they were paying players top dollars to come play for Jackson instead of coming to play there. Meanwhile, he's able to do the exact same thing, right? So Dion is proving actively, ah, maybe I actually could do this. Maybe a guy with his credentials who brought – he had like three out of every four coaches on his roster had NFL experience or NFL coaching experience, right? So they were able to say, like, you want to get to the league? Come play with us, right? We'll get you there. And Nike is heavily invested in that top level. They're not making Nike doesn't make any money from the Jackson states, right? Of the world or the Howard Universities. They make their money from Oregon, you know, from these D1 programs that they're affiliated with. Colorado didn't even have the money. They said when they signed him, they owed him like four million bucks and they didn't have the money to pay him. That's how broke that leftist. Boulder, Colorado dump dumpster fire is. What happened to all that, that weed money? They were supposed to be. What happened to all that you know Pac twelve money, right? They're hmm. supposed to be getting twenty million bucks a year from pack That's Pac twelve. Yet they can't pay Dion. So Mo points out, their financiers are Nike. Nike brought Dion to Oregon. Nike's going to make sure that Dion gets paid. Nike wants to see the Dion's of the world keep the rich rich. And not bring anybody up from second, third tier to the party. That was take. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. makes sense. And well, again, his only take against Dion was like, don't call yourself a savior unless you're going to stick it out and hang tough there at that level. Well, we'll see how Dion
2: does hope. I hope, I hope it works out for him. I always like, but it's going to rock dude. I've always liked so. Dion too, man.
1: Mo likes Dion too. i. You know, he's a shameless self-promoter, but I do believe he's a genuine man of God. Um, he made the point yeah, and I agree with confident. this man and I think if you
2: I think the only way to get to that level of achievement as an athlete is you have to be confident, you have to believe in yourself. Like
1: well, it makes it a lot easier to believe in yourself when you're the fastest person in any given space you've ever stepped into, mm-hmm. right? Like ever that is true. Like that know, is true. Anywhere he's ever set foot. They talked about in Florida State, he got recruited to play baseball. And football, right? Where he played professionally at both levels, winning. Did he win the World Series, or did he just play in a World Series? He would have been with the Braves because the Yankees weren't any good when he was on the Yankees, right? So I'm sure I I don't remember if he won. I think he won one. He definitely played in a World Series. Won two Super Bowls, right? He's unarguably the greatest cornerback who's ever lived, and it's not close. And he's one of the greatest defensive players who's ever lived. And they were like. Yeah, the, the track coach came up to him one year and was like, hey, well, you run track with us. And he went and took like three goals at the next track meet. You know, mm-hmm. after having not run track in you know, since high school. Anyway. He's, so, yeah.
2: uh, it says Dion won super, two Super Bowls and played in one right. World Series in 92. Right.
1: Yeah. He's the only athlete ever to appear in both. Remember, he was flying from a World Series. Like he flew from a World Series game and showed up late for a Falcons game. And jumped in like the second quarter. I do remember that. But it, it's yeah. the Falcons, so nobody really cared. Like, you couldn't do that for the Cowboys. It's still pretty cool, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he, like with all the flash and, you know, you know, he talks about the whole art title of the whole episode is called Business Decision, right? And he, he, Adam Curry is not a sports fan, so he's having to explain a lot of these things. He knows who Dion is. He'd actually met him. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, he coined the term business decision. He would talk about how when a big running back would come out, wide and his just you know it was either tackle him and maybe get hurt or just like bump him out of bounds or even just get out of his way he's like yeah i made a business decision right like this is pointing out like dion's always been about protecting dion right, right. And taking care of dion but even with all that like well and he also pointed out so mo is also a cowboys fan by the way like all of us i'm sure you too remember when he was playing that year for the niners and they beat the cowboys in the nfc championship and went on to win the super yeah. bowl hated that man's guts. All the flash, the do rag, all the gold, all you know, all that all the stuff. Couldn't stand any of it. Oh, he's flashy. Why can't he just, you know, be like Emma? Come into my place-
2: team and we'll see if I change my yeah. mind. Then
1: show up for the Cowboys and have every punter in the league trying like hell to keep you from catching a ball in the field of play because he's going to smoke you. Like he's going yeah. to take it to the house, and nobody's throwing his direction anymore. Because if you do that, he's taking that one to the house. Like, man, that that, that stretch of what four seasons? Five if you count that year with the Niners, maybe four with the Cowboys. Like if he got his hands on the football, something badass was gonna happen. <laughs> like oh yeah. He, remember how he would just like he'd hold the ball out in front of him and he would just hop back and forth? Well, you know, when he'd field a punt, he'd hop back and forth, and defenders would just like fly past him and then he'd be like straight line that way.
2: All right, I'm done sucking off Dion. Is there anything else? I think we're- <laughs> All right. Uh that is gonna do it for Episode 110 of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.
1: Somebody
0: told me when
1: I came to Nashville, son, you finally got it made.